Here's what's coming up on today's show. It's making the difficult things and terms in the financial world explainable and relatable at the same time. So I think just being a being a person, being a human being is, is the best way to break those barriers of money stresses that people are going through. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Hello and welcome into Perfect Game Retirement. Glad to have you back on the show today. We've got a good one for you. Ryan, I know you know you we think of an advisor as someone that just kind of helps us invest, save, and it's all about just uh, building our, our nest egg for retirement. But you also serve as a bit of a therapist, don't you? Yes. I was basically thinking that the majority of my job is <laughs> is a financial therapist. I mean, that's it's becoming a bigger, bigger part of our industry. It's not just the Obviously, analytics are a big part of it, and robo advisors, you know, those they, they take the uh, the load of that analytic stuff. But it's still a a human contact business, and when you deal with emotions, you're you're going to be a therapist, and it just happens to be on the financial side of things. So you even see, you know, the the CFB CFP board taking a bigger approach when it comes to behavior finance because that's where a lot of returns positive or negative uh, come from when people overreact or do the wrong thing. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about, you know, there are certain situations that it might feel like you are getting a counseling session from your advisor, but that's okay. That's kind of what they're there for to help you uh, through these tougher times or these challenging scenarios. And, you know, they offer often offer a counseling session to get you through this. So we're going to, we're going to explain some of those situations today and talk about how Ryan does take his clients through that and, and what he does during that process. So it should be a good show for you today. You can, again, find everything online. Blackoakam.com is the website and the phone number 470-508-0508. And number hasn't changed, Ryan, but your office has, right? You guys are in a new office now. Yes, we we are. It's uh, it's it's awesome. It's like moving a house essentially, because <laughs> uh, it is. You we now I now own the the suite that we're in. So it was we, we got to a point where uh, I didn't want to rent anymore, and at the same time we've grown so much that our office space was we were tapped out. I mean, poor Andrea was having to share an office with me, so I know she is happy to have her own um, office now and not have to share it with me and hear me make all my <laughs> weird noises and crunches when I chew and, you know, stuff like that. So it's nice to have uh, our own space. But yeah, with growing pains, I mean, you know, I've, I've tried to time it where all the office furniture came in at the same time. Okay, well, we got our desk, but we don't have chairs and now they're on back order. And <laughs> con- anyway, it's just like, ah, I wish I could just be done with the new part of it. But that's what makes you appreciate it more. It makes for good stories later. But yeah, we, uh, we had our kind of team meeting, if you will, a two-day team meeting, and I'm sitting in a tailgate chair. Uh, thank goodness <laughs> it was a rocker, but it was a tailgate chair. Um, I'm sitting in for two days. I'm like, oh, man, this will be, again, a good story for, you know, five years from now. Yeah, you always picture going a little bit differently in your head, right, than it actually yeah. plays out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm going backwards. <laughs> Well, hopefully you'll be settled soon enough, and and hopefully when this episode comes out at the beginning of 2023, that you will be uh, fully settled in. But uh, congratulations on the move. I know uh, it was a big one for you, but uh, I'm glad that you were able to find that new space and, uh, and get all settled in, and hopefully you'll be up and running in no time. 
Yeah, right. I appreciate that. Yeah, crazy to think 2023, but yeah, we're going to hopefully have an open house and have clients buy. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. Um, again, you can get more information on that. Uh, and and if you want to get by the office again, you can find everything online, blackoakam.com. All right. So again, sometimes it's going to feel like when you're talking with Ryan or your financial advisor, it might be like talking to a therapist. And these are some of the scenarios where it's, it's almost inevitable that you're going to end up kind of in a counseling session to get through some of these things and, and your advisor is there to help you out because everything that you do and experience in life, right, has a financial impact on you. So let's start off with divorce, uh, Ryan. Let's lead off with this one. Anyone that's kind of in the wake of a divorce and and kind of getting through it and, and maybe on the backside of it, there's still a lot to sort through and, and obviously a lot of questions and, and a lot of decisions need to be made. So how do you help someone and how do you counsel them through this? Yeah, I mean, I've heard Dave Ramsey even say it too. A divorce is basically emotions aside, it's a financial transaction, and it really, it really and truly is. Especially when you start mixing mixing real estate and investments, but then obviously you have kids, and and it's it can be a mess. Um, so when it comes to a divorce, and we've been on both sides of it, where we have existing clients that split and have a divorce. So it's, it's having those candid conversations with, you know, do you still work with both of them? Do you still work with just one or none? I mean, that's where you have conversations with them because that, that relationship is going to change. Um, so you just have to know, they have to know that, Hey, you are now my individual client and your ex-spouse is my individual client. So I can't share, you know, what's going on with one person. It used to be, yes, it's trans, everything's transparent. Now it's not. So it's a delicate relationship. So you just have to be upfront and candid with those two individuals. Uh, but then sometimes we do get clients coming in that, hey, I don't want to work with my previous advisor. I didn't really have a relationship with him. He was my quote unquote husband or quote unquote wife's person, um, their investment guy, their guy, everybody's got a guy. Um, so sometimes we, we get clients that way. But going through a divorce, it's, it's very difficult. It's, there's a lot of navigation from is there a quadro, um, which is basically having to split assets from inside of a 401k. So how do you go about doing that? So unfortunately, we've done a lot of those. Uh, so, you know, you, you always hear these stats of 50% marriages in a divorce. I, I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It just seems like too even of a number <laughs> that yeah. people are throwing out there, but it's a real thing. It happens a lot and it's happened to several of my clients. And it is, it's unfortunate and it's emotional. Now, sometimes it's completely amicable and, you know, you go your way, I go mine, we're splitting this, we're doing this. And it, it, it can be an okay thing. And, and maybe each side ends up better off. Uh, but a lot of times it's, that's not the case. So just really walking people through that and, and putting the analytics stuff aside, you don't want to get into the analytics of their investments. And, you just you just listen to them, uh, listen to what they're going through, and, and add any advice that you can through through a potentially a very difficult situation. Um, but just being open and not nerding out on people during these times. You have times to nerd out on them and talk about their retirement plan or their investments or or whatever. But I, most of the time, they just want to know that they're they're going to be okay and they're going through a tough time. And what are the solutions that I can help with, at least from a financial side? that I can help them with go through this, this, uh, trying time. Yeah. A lot of that is just kind of having a, a voice to, to lean on and, and knowing that you're going to be okay. And that's, you know, one of the tougher situations you're going to face in life, uh, certainly emotionally and, you know, financially as well. So, 
um, definitely a time when you might spend a little extra uh, time in the office with your advisor. What about career difficulties? Uh, you know, this this one obviously impacts your money and, and, and can cause a lot of worry. But, you know, even if it's just like, you know, you're not passionate about something anymore or you're not sure if if your job's going to be one that lasts or maybe you're forced into early, early retirement, there's a lot of different scenarios that go along with having some career challenges. And I think we all face them at some point in our life. So how do you work with people on this? Yeah, and it's a... I, I went through it. I mean, I, most of you who've been listening to this know I was a high school teacher. And so that's a huge career change from a very comfortable, safe, um, steady job where you really don't have to worry too much about job security uh, to maybe get getting a pension one day to the exact opposite in the financial advisement world. Even the, the people who work for me now all came from different careers. And, and I think that's just the the way of the world now you don't have those you know 40 year employees who you know clock in and then get a pension the rest of their life and make the same amount of money in retirement as they did when they work it's just very very rare so having gone through that uh, I read a lot of books uh, before I did it because I'm such a planner so I didn't want to just make an emotional decision I think sometimes that's what hurts people is they make an emotional decision and it hurts their finances as well but if we can cut through the emotions of it and plan out a career change, that can be a lot less financial, financially devastating uh, when it comes to that. So don't make any rash decisions. And I didn't, uh, I kind of planned it out the timing of it. Uh, luckily my, my wife, you know, she was making decent money that kept us afloat. And I mean, barely felt like I was drowning many, many times and, and they'll probably go through that. Now, a lot of times when there is a career change, you you back up in income. Not always, but you usually go down. I know I did. Um, I went, and I wasn't making a whole lot as a teacher, but I went from basically making zero. <laughs> it's it's whatever you bring in. I'm, not every job is like that, but uh, going through a, a career change and, and career difficulties, you just have to be you have to plan these things out so it it doesn't trickle down into other aspects of your life, mainly your finances. Yeah, and it probably I know I know that you have the experience with a lot of these scenarios just from working with people, but it probably even helps you out when you have that personal experience too, when you when you can actually sit down and, and, and lean on that along with the professional experience you have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's we, we've all been through many career changes. Uh, some people change jobs, not careers, but um, again, I did. Um, Autumn has, Andrea has, Kelly has, Parnik has. Damon has and Nick. So everybody who works with us, uh, we've all had complete career changes and me and Damon and, and Nick all came from the education world. So a um, lot of, lot of uh, fun shared experiences there. But again, Autumn, Kelly and, and Andrea all came from different aspects of, of, of different careers in, in their lives too. So it's, it's good that we can share that experience with people and, and kind of share war stories at the same time. All right. We're talking about some scenarios where Ryan might become a bit of a financial therapist for you. And I, I know, I think you've mentioned this before, but I know there are people that, that you work with that come in and they get stressed out about money. They don't like talking about it. They don't enjoy making financial decisions, but you know, I guess better good for them that they're able to kind of overcome that and at least sit down and, and do the planning they need to. But how do you help someone and how do you work with someone that just doesn't enjoy talking about it? So yeah, this can be a delicate subject because, you know, sometimes going to see at least hopefully not your current advisor. Hopefully you feel comfortable enough talking with your current advisor because you select them for a reason, but people that we meet with that aren't quite clients yet. I mean, we can, it's almost like 
going to the doctor's office. I mean, you know, I've heard the, the term before, like you're financially naked. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's, that's a strong term, but some people feel that way. Some people are eager to see an advisor, but then some people are like, oh God, I got to go do this just like a dentist or a doctor's office. So um, I try to be as, I put myself in their shoes. I try to be as sympathetic as I can and empathetic as I can because I've been on the other side of that, not knowing the person I'm, maybe I don't know that person I'm sitting across from. So your guard is always up. So I try to take that guard down by not being pushy because I came from a pushy um, insurance world. Uh, so I hate that feeling. I know what that feeling is like. So I, I try to be the um, almost the anti-advisor where I am almost pushing people away because I want them to feel as comfortable as possible. A lot of times I talk to people on the phone, they're like, okay, what, what do I need to bring? What statements do I need to bring? I'm like, just bring yourself. Like we're, we're, we're not committing to this yet. We're just, we're sitting down having a further conversation than our first 15 minute phone call. So just, just bring yourselves and that just, you can just feel the walls kind of start falling uh, when you, when you take that approach and then once you've established a relationship, hopefully those those barriers have gone down because money still stresses people out and people do get into uh, financial trouble, even uh, even working with them because there's there's things in life that happen, whether it's medical or, again, we mentioned divorce. There's so many things that can be financially deteriorating to what you've built up. Market corrections, you know, those things are, are, are going to happen. So I just try to talk to them. This stuff can get complex and it, it can be a completely different language and you can s try to sound as smart as you possibly can, but it's, it's making the difficult things and terms in the financial world explainable and relatable at the same time. So I think just being a, being a person, being a human being is, is the best way to break those barriers of money stresses that people are going through. All right. Um, a few more here I want to present to you and I want to go into the medical uh, world for a second, because I know healthcare is obviously a huge expense for so many people, especially in retirement. It can eat up so much of your money. So, if you are someone that that comes across a you know a tough some medical problems or maybe a a, a diagnosis that wasn't very favorable, obviously you're going to first you know be concerned about yourself, your health, your future. But I think your your mindset quickly shifts to you know how am I going to be able to afford this? How much is this going to cost? What does this mean for retirement? So. How do you how, how do you kind of talk someone through that 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 has that fear of, you know, my health, my future, but also, you know, what does this mean for for the money that I have? Yeah, and I try to do I try to be relatable on that too, and share stories of obviously not specific from a name standpoint, but try to share stories of clients that I've gone through this with, and and even my own family, uh, with my mom being sick for for fourteen years. Now, obviously, I was younger; I was in high school, so the financial part of this, I, I didn't really know the ramifications of, but as I got older, you know, you talk to your, I talked to my dad more about it and, um, yeah, it can be financially stressful big time. So, um, but also taking the approach I've had people when we start talking about, you know, care when you're older, uh, the possibility of that, the very good possibility of that. It's like some people, you can just see the stress on their bodies and in their eyes, when you start talking about that, like, look, this needs to be discussed. I am not doing my job unless this is discussed. How are we attacking this? How are we saving for it? And it doesn't mean a long-term care insurance policy. That's our industry has gotten so bad with that, that everyone thinks, okay, I want to sell you a long-term care policy. Well, that may not, that may be the right thing. It may not be the right thing, but it talking about these things and how we're going to deal with it. Cause there's 
the studies show that, hey, you're going to probably spend X amount of dollars on healthcare in some shape, form, or fashion. Some less, some way more than that. Uh, depends on, on how much those medical bills are going to be and what kind of Medicare plans you have and coverage. And there's so many different variables, but it's got to be discussed. It's got to be talked about. Or again, I'm not doing my job because it can be financially debilitating if you have a huge medical event and it, it, it takes your net worth. Uh, down to almost nothing sometimes. Now, I have some people saying, oh, well, I want to give away my net worth so I can get, um, you know, qualify for Medicaid. I'm like, no, that's that's not <laughs> that's not an ideal solution. Um, now, uh-huh. you know, it may be for some people, maybe that their assets are low enough to where, okay, that may be a fit, but just giving it away just to qualify for Medicaid and, and you're a higher net worth person, no, don't don't do that. Um, you don't want Medicaid care. It's not ideal. And if you can afford more then great, if you can't, there's a place for it, but giving away your network just for those things. So medical can be, that can be a whole lengthy conversation, but it's got to be talked about and it's got to be addressed with the clients that we work with. It just has to. All right, uh, Ryan, this, this next one, maybe you don't have an experience with yet personally, but maybe in a few years you might. But, um, you know, another thing that really can eat into your, uh, your, your money and your savings are your kids, right? I think we're, well, we're, we're both aware of that as parents. Um, you know, even at a young age, that can be very expensive. But if they grow up and start having some questionable life decisions that they begin making, it obviously can be A, frustrating, but... Oftentimes it falls on the parents, right? They kind of have to pick up some of the bills and, and put some of the financial side of that if they are making poor decisions. So if you have someone come in the office, a client that's that's dealing with kids that are, are in this kind of boat right now, how do you work with them on that? Yes, you're right. I, I haven't had to. Uh, yes, they cost me money, but they um, haven't made huge life decisions that affected <laughs> me, at least yet. Anyway, at least yet. But um, th- so this is a very common thing where people are getting close to retirement. It's kind of that sandwich generation that they talk about that, uh, you know, you may be caring for a parent, but then you may be caring for a kid at the same time. Now, that word caring is very different uh, depending on who you're caring for and dealing with. But, you know, having your kids and I get it, you know, coming back home after maybe college and living there for a little while, maybe to get your feet up underneath you. But um, it's, I already told my kids, I mean, I preach to them all the time that when you're, when you're done with school, you're out. Um, <laughs> again, hopefully I'm, I'm teaching them enough financial sense, which again, they're, they're, they're 12 and eight. So they do have some concepts of it, but you know, my 12 year old in, in middle school, she's just, they're getting to the, some econ stuff. So I'm trying to explain that and trying to talk about personal finance. They really don't like, they know what I do, but they don't know what I do for mm-hmm. a living. But they will uh, when I think it's when I think it's all I'm keeping it simple with them right now. But hopefully they don't make these troubling decisions um, down the road. But they're human. They're not perfect. So they probably will somewhere along the way. But uh, but my clients do have that. It, they have that. OK, I'd like to retire. But, you know, I, I still have my 25 year old or my 26 year old living at home. And well, OK, charge them rent like they need to be paying up. Uh, they need to have a job teaching financial responsibility. So it's, it's a problem I don't come across much, uh, but it is a situation out there that sometimes we do have to deal with. It's usually dealing with parents that are living at home, taking care of them an aging parent generation of the baby boomers. So that's usually the case. Um, but I haven't had a ton of uh, the, the, the kids being financially debilitating to them and really wreck, wrecking their retirement plan because 
they've uh, they've kicked him out of the house and said, okay, you you go be an adult and, and uh, stop being a kid. Yeah, it's it's stuff stuff that we all have to face, and hopefully, to your point, you know, you you set enough or plant enough seeds to where they kind of have that knowledge. But there's always going to be that that chance that uh, you know they make mistakes and we'll pick it up. But there is your advisor there to help you uh, through that, and even if you just need to vent, I'm sure that's something you're you're fine with, Ryan. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last one here on the list is, is one, again, that's a little more serious and it's going to be one of the tougher situations you have to face. And I, I think that you've gone through this before with, with someone a uh, time or two, Ryan, but you know, when you lose your spouse is, is another uh, huge event in life. And you know, obviously can have, again, much like the divorce at the beginning, a, a time of grieving, emotion, pain, uh, but also some big financial decisions on the back side of that too. So after someone loses their spouse, Ryan, and, and, and kind of where do you step in and assist in that process? Yeah, I mean, we try to get as uh, as, as involved as possible. Um, I mean, we're, one of my clients were coming up on a year anniversary uh, here in a, as the recording of this because we're recording this in December, but uh, she's they're coming up on a year anniversary of uh, her spouse passing away. So I got as involved as they would let me, and she was 100% on board with that. Um, so, you know, it was decisions where she wasn't sure what to make, uh, because the, the, the death of my client happened really quick. Um, I mean, they were sick, so it was expected, but not expected. Uh, so you want to get as involved as possible because these are big decisions that need to be made. So you handhold as much as humanly possible. And again, I've never lost a spouse, but again, watching my dad go through it and then having clients go through it as well. You know, I had to deliver a life insurance check one time uh, because of the the spouse passed away. So it's it, it's it's emotional. That's obvious. Uh, but I try to take the money side of it because that can be just as stressful as the emotional side. I try to take that off their plate and help them out as as much as possible. Um, I mean, going to simple things is going to their funerals. I mean, just knowing that hey, this, this is life. I want to do life with you, not just. I'm a guy in an office that you come see a couple times a year and we go over your retirement plan. It's got to be more to it than that. It's, uh-huh. it's a relationship. So you want to get as involved as possible because it could be, you know, most husband wife combinations, they one's more involved in the money side of things than the other one was. And in this case, the husband who passed was, was, he was the one who was in charge of that, but he was, he knew what was coming up. So he wanted to have an advisor to be in place to take care of his his wife, and that's exactly why we stepped in and took that relationship on. So probably number six is the most saddening time, but it's the most rewarding time for me to know I can take that off their plate um, and at least do one thing that they don't have to worry about. Yeah. Well, all these situations are going to be difficult in their own right, uh, varying degrees, obviously. But if you are someone that uh, is going through any of this or, you know, fear that you, you might have these issues um, ahead of you, you always want to have a plan in place and be prepared for that. But uh, if you want to reach out to Ryan, you can schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session online now. Just visit blackoakam.com and you can also call directly at 470-508-0508. And again, you know, these it might be counseling sessions, but as Ryan mentioned, he, you know, it's about doing life with their clients and not just about the, uh, the trades and the investments and whatever else. So again, it might feel like you're going through a counseling session, but that's okay in many respects with uh, your financial advisor. All right. Shifting gears to our mailbag. Before we do that, 
little getting to know you question, right? I don't think I've ever asked, uh, you know, it's well documented that you played baseball, had a career in baseball. Um, and I think I know what your pitching song was, but if you had to come out and hit, um, and if you ever did, what was your walk-up <laughs> song? Uh, yeah. So we did talk about the, when I, when I would pitch, but, um, probably if I was, so I hit in high school and then got drafted as a pitcher, but I had a very old school coach and a walk-up song was sacrilegious. Like <laughs> you did not do that. So I don't think I ever had a walk-up song Man. when it came to hitting. So obviously hitting, you got like, you know, five, six, seven seconds, uh, to, for that, you know, like the, the, the Chipper Jones, you know, coming up to bat and like everyone knows what Chipper Jones walk-up song was. I mean, it's just like, you knew exactly who was coming to the plate, but with mine, I would probably say a corn song because they it they deliver the message pretty darn quick. So I'd probably say blind, um, where it says like, "Are you ready?" and he screams it really loud. So it's kind of <laughs> like, "All right, let's do this." Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's probably what it'd be a corn song, probably blind. I guess I never really thought about it, but I just assume that you know, as a pitcher. Um, you know, you're never guaranteed in at bat in, in, in baseball, but I figured like maybe you'd have that kind of picked out just in case there was ever that time where <laughs> you got the call or, you know, you were in, in, in a game without a designated hitter and you had to go in and, and, and come on and hit. I just figured that that would just be something you'd have picked out just in case. Nah, they they gave us no grace uh, in, in pro ball. It was pretty much every level I played at, there was a DH involved. Now I think it's all the way through the minor leagues because of – you know, the, the DH implemented in the National League now. So, yeah, I never sniffed it. The, our glory was uh, taking pitchers BP every once in a while. That was <laughs> that was fun. But, yeah, no chance. There was one time I played that a pitcher, because we were like in the 17th inning, I was dying to get up. I'm like, okay, I can handle <laughs> the bat pretty good. Yeah, this is my <laughs> chance. Well, there was another guy who was a first-round pick that went to Vanderbilt. Um, he got drafted as a pitcher, but he was an all sec hitter as well. So he was by far ahead of me as far as in the pecking order of, uh, of, of, of putting a wooden bat in their hands. Uh, so yeah, he, and he got a hit too. That was, I'll still never forget it. But, um, so I was hoping maybe the, the game would continue on and maybe I could get a pinch hit, but no, ended in, ended the next half inning. So I, I, had no chance. <laughs> so you needed 19 or 20 innings to get your chance. Yeah. 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 You know, I always see, a, I think it's much more common to see a, a, a position player take a, take a, the ball and step on the mound rather than it is a pitcher in the bullpen coming out mm -hmm. and getting a swing. So you guys need a little yeah, bit more. Credit. Way more common, way yeah. more common from to go from a hitter to a pitcher uh, as opposed to the other way around. Very, very, very few guys go from pitching to hitting. Yeah. Not enough respect for you guys, right? Okay. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Zero. All right, let's go mailbag here to finish things off. We've got a question that came in from Ted this week. I want to run by you. I uh, said, I really want to protect my retirement money. I'm not a big risk taker at all, but I also feel like I should be getting a better return than the stable value fund in my 401k that it provides. So should I loosen up and be more aggressive? I mean, you could, Ted. I mean, those stable value funds are starting to increase just because of interest rates going up. Uh, they're still kind of lagging behind, but yeah, you're definitely not keeping up with inflation. Um, I mean, having conversations about like brokered CDs, I, I, I haven't had those in my entire career because the last time a CD was a legit thing to put money in, it was probably 20 years ago when I was playing baseball and I didn't have any money 
to put in a CD at the time, but of course I was young, so why the heck would I put it in a CD? But those days uh, have, were gone for decades when interest rates were so low, and now you know we're looking, we're seeing at four to five percent CDs, depending on how long you're keeping it in there. So those stable value funds have kind of been lagging behind that. So you're not going to be keeping up with inflation. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Obviously, Ted, it depends on how much you have in there. It depends on how much you need. But to keep up with inflation, equities are still the best way to keep up with inflation, period. Now, I'm not telling you to put 100% of your money into equities. If you're risk adverse, don't do that. But you need to have a slice of that that's going to have some volatility to it, up or down, but you got to have exposure to it in some degree to try to keep up with inflation because especially as high as it's running now, your purchasing power is just being chewed up. And don't just look at it in this year, Ted. I mean, if, if inflation stays pretty high for several years, I mean, just think how much prices are going to double and how quickly prices will double. So you, you got you to gotta have a slice of your pie, if you will, in equities to try to keep up with it. Now, who you work with, whether it's an advisor or not, or do it yourself, pinpointing how much is another topic of conversation, but I think you would need to have some exposure to it because uh, those stable value funds are just not keeping up. Great question, Ted. Appreciate you sending that in. If you have questions for Ryan, you can send them in as well. Blackoakam.com is the website. You can also go ahead and schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session online now and, and get help with whatever financial needs you have. Or if you just want to get your plan started, best place to begin is right there online at blackoakam.com. Also, please make sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We have two new episodes every single month. Got a lot to cover in the financial and retirement planning world. And uh, we'll do it again soon, Ryan. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Perfect Game Retirement for Ryan Ledden over Black Oak Asset Management. I am Ben George. Take care. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.